welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. This week I was uh, doing my devotions and came across Hebrews chapter 13. I was uh, doing our, our soap devotions. If you're new at River Valley, you might hear people talk about soap, okay? It's not sanitary stuff, all right? It is, but for us, it stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. We want you to read the Bible and figure out what you can observe about it, how you can apply it to your life, and then pray about it. And uh, it's on our website. There's two chapters that are there for every single day. And uh, this week, Hebrews 13 was one of those chapters. And as I was reading it, and just doing like you should do, doing those chapters, um, Hebrews 13, chapter, or chapter 13, verse 17, just jumped out at me. And it said this. It says, Obey your leaders and do what they say. They're watching over you, and they must answer to God. So don't make them sad as they do their work. Make them happy. Otherwise, they won't be able to help you at all. And as I was reading that, uh, it just, it, it brought me great joy that I thought it's, it's a joy to pastor River Valley Church. I mean, I, I've, I've seen situations where it's not a joy, where people would want their whole congregation to read that verse because it's a bad thing. But for us right now, it just is a, it's a good thing. I, I just, I, again, I read it and it just leapt off the page at me like, Wow, it is a joy to pastor this church. And I know that for a lot of pastors, it's not that way. Um, I go to and I do pastor's conferences. And um, sometimes I'll preach on the struggles of ministry. And half the room will come forward saying, will you pray for us? It's a struggle. It's not a joy. It, it's a real struggle. But I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, it's a joy. And then I was thinking about... Um, it's not stressful right now. It's not, it's, it's a joy to pastor this church. And then I thought, well, it has been stressful in my life to be in ministry. And uh, I wanted to share a couple stories because sometimes people are like, do you ever have stress at all? I mean, it seems like, you know, your job's so easy. Calling is so easy. I said, well, it's stressful. And I want to tell you about a couple times. Um, when I was just two years into ministry, I was just two years into ministry. I was youth pastor at a church that was a good-sized church. And uh, the music pastor quit. And so the, when he resigned, they were like, hey, will you play guitar? You ought to be the worship leader too. So I was like, okay. And so I was youth pastor and music pastor, all right? And then Christmas came around and they said, hey, we need to do a Christmas musical. And I was like, great, who's going to lead it? They're like, you are. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't read music. I just play chords on the guitar. That's all. You know, I can give me a chords. I can do that. I don't read music. They said, good, so you'll lead the musical. And so now I'm leading a musical, and I don't read music. 
I don't know what I'm doing. I've got to get the choir together, doing all this. I'm living under all this stress. It's starting to build up. I mean, I was just youth pastor. I'm only two years into ministry and the stress is getting to me. It's right around Christmas. I'm in my office and all day I'm just throwing up. I mean, that's what I'm doing. And then I'm dry heaves, I'm throwing up, I'm under so much stress. In the middle of the night, I think I'm dying of a heart attack. Now I'm in my early 20s and I think I'm dying of a heart attack. Becca rushes me to the hospital. We've only been married two and a half years and she rushes me to the hospital, the ER, and I'm in there and they're like, there's nothing wrong. Your heart's fine. You are not having a heart attack. Uh, set up a doctor's appointment for this week. So I come into the doctor's office and he said, you know, what do you do for a living? And I said, I I'm a pastor. And he's like, well, you're going to have to change your profession or die young. I was like, well, I'm called. He goes, okay, then quit your church. Find a different church because that one's killing you. And so I went to another church. I candidated. I went to another church. And I can remember there was just a piece on that church. There, just, there was just a piece there. And um, I, I remember going back to the hotel room with Becca after we met with the pastors. And I said, I, I need to take this job. I need this one. Like, I need the peace. I am dying. I, I think I'm having a heart attack. I'm throwing up all day. I mean, I, I'm living in stress. And we left that stressful situation and went over to this other one where there was a peace there and it brought some sanity to my life. Fast forward years later at this church, um, we were in a building program here. Uh, it was with the Apple Valley campus. Um, you know, just the pressure was there. Um, we, we were in the building stuff and I had, I had you know, tried to start a business that didn't work. I had lost $20,000, you know, in the deal. And um, it was an inflatable games business, which by the way, if you're ever at one of our church picnics, that big slide, I bought that, you know. Okay, and then I donated the church after I closed the business down, all right? So every time I see it, I get shivers. But anyways, um, I was, we were stressed. We're in the, going to the building. You know, I'm doing this inflatable games business. And we went on Pray to Homes for a date, Becca and I. And um, she's like, oh, this home is so beautiful. I'd love to have this home. It'd be a great upgrade over the home we have. It'd be a great home. So a couple weeks go by. I'd love that. That home is just great. She'd love that home. And I'm in the stress. You know, I've lost money. I'm in the building thing. I'm trying to figure out how to do it. And we're out to dinner on a date one night. And she's like, wouldn't it be great if we got that home? And she's doing the hinting thing. And all of a sudden, I just, I'm eating my meal. And I slam my fork down. And I said, don't talk to me about the house anymore. And she's like, yeah, and I said, I can't, I can't handle it. I'm under so much stress. I'm going to snap. I, this is all. I just can't add anymore. And then she just went into like intercessory prayer for me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, so she starts praying for me. And interestingly enough, um, six months later, we actually moved into that neighborhood where the Parade of Homes was and uh, got the best house in the neighborhood. It was a family in our church. They bought it. Did everything. I mean, they put in the edging, did all the plants, built the deck. I mean, did everything. Custom made. I mean, worked on that thing. Did all the blinds, everything. And then they got transferred. And they called us and they said, hey, we just, we just wanted to bless you. And we'll sell it to you at cost if you want to have our home. You know, I don't know if you want to live in this neighborhood. And so we actually got a much better house. And they're like, we just want to alleviate your stress. And I'm thinking, did you see me slam the fork? You know, did you, did you see that? You know, but what a way that God just turned it around. But I know stress, you know, stress. We all live in stressful situations. Uh, last week when I was preaching live at the Shakopee campus, I went there on Sunday, preached live. I, I just felt led at the end of service. I didn't do this at any other service, but I just felt like if you feel like you are 
one of the most stressed out people in the church, I want to pray for you. And I said, with every head bowed, every eye closed, and just, if you want to be included, like, if you just think you're like in the top 10% of stressed out people in our church, I want to pray for you right now. And I said, raise your hand. About 30% of the room raised their hand. And I'm thinking, there probably were more that thought, well, I don't know if I'm really in the 10, but I'm stressed out. I thought, people are stressed out. So I'm stressed. You're stressed. We all live stressful lives. And I believe that God has something for us. I believe that God is going to give us um, some insight through a couple scriptures and a couple stories today so that we can learn how to handle our stress. Now, I want you to, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And I'm going to read it in the New King James Version. But as homework, I'd love for you to read it in the message translation. I love the way that it's just interpreted there and translated. But for our purposes, we'll, we'll look at it in the New King James. And I want you to hold this verse. Hold this verse as I go through the stories here. It says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There's the remedy right there. There's the peace for us. And we're going to dig into that at the very end. But I want to look at some scriptures because the Bible tells us that the things in the Bible are written for our example. It's there for us to take a look at and draw some strength from. And maybe you're a single mom. You're saying, yeah, but is there anyone that understands the stress that I deal with? I can tell you in Genesis 21, Hagar was a single mom cast out from her family. Hagar and Ishmael, she's trying to figure out what am I going to do? She's single mom and she's homeless and God takes care of her. That's a stressful situation that she was in thinking she was going to die and God comes in and takes care of her. God knows your stress. In Genesis 32, there's two brothers that hate each other, Jacob and Esau. One is Jacob has ripped off his brother from his birthright and and, and lied to the mom and dad and done this. And so there's a hatred going on there. You might say, I'm living in a stressful situation. You might be getting ready for Christmas and you're thinking, I have to see my brother or my sister or my mom or my dad, somebody that owes me money, somebody that I can't stand, somebody that we fight. Maybe you're only going to the family get-together because of mom or because of dad, but you can't stand your sibling. This is a situation here where there was a stress that was going on. And when Jacob was coming back face-to-face with Esau, he's trying to solve all the problems. He's like, I'm going to do this and I'll send him this gift and this gift. And I'll try to, and, and how many know that that's just like us in our stressful situations? We're like, well, I'll do this and I'll solve this and I'll try this and I'll try that. And it wasn't until God showed up that all of a sudden Jacob gets the peace that he needs. God needs to show up in your situation so you can get the peace you need. In Numbers 11, there's mutiny from the people. I mean, Moses is leading the people and there's mutiny. Um, They're like, we we don't have any food. The food's terrible out here in the wilderness. We don't have any meat. You you brought us out here to die. He's, He's setting them free. They're like, you brought us out here to die and we don't even have anything to eat. And Moses in, in Numbers 11, he's like, God, I've had it. I've had it. These people are horrible. I mean, it's beyond me. I can't handle it anymore. Go ahead and kill me. I mean, how many know that's way worse than a fork meltdown? He's like, kill me. I just, I can't handle it. That's stressful situation. God shows up. God shows up. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah faces a death threat. Elijah faces a death threat. We'll look at it in just a minute. He's one of the guys I want to take a closer look at. 
but he faces a death threat from the queen. And he's like, I can't handle it. I can't, God, I can't make it. Go ahead, take my life. Another one, another hero of the faith, like saying, go ahead, take my life. That's stressful. And I don't know if you've ever faced a death threat. I mean, I've had people threaten me, but I, I can't say like, man, they were really coming after me with a death threat. But we had some people threatening us for a while. And they were sending some very threatening emails and things. And there was some fear in our home. And I can remember just dealing with that and that stress and saying, God, you have to take care of it. I can remember it was so bad. Like, uh, you know, everywhere we'd go, you know, we're just kind of on edge a little bit. And um, Becca was at home one night and the doorbell rang and she walked to the door and there was this guy standing there. And she's like, I'm not opening the door. What if it's him, you know? And so she's like, can I help you? And he's like, my son is playing with your son. Can you let me in? You know, and she's like, okay. I mean, there's just fear, you know, stress that's going on. David is hunted down. You read all throughout the Old Testament, King David is hunted down and betrayed. And there's a lot of stress that's going on. You see Esther is facing mass genocide. I mean, that's stressful. The disciples in a storm in Luke 8, they're, they're like, don't you care if we, if we perish? Like, Lord, where are you? We are stressing out. The boat, we can't. I mean, and you could just identify with that. And I will tell you this, in your stressful situation, stop thinking that Jesus doesn't care. He cares. He cares. He's there for you. He was there for the disciples. He cares. Jesus at Gethsemane, sweating blood. I mean, stress. And what does he do? He goes to God and God meets his need. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 27, again, I'll, I'll camp on this one too. Elijah and the Apostle Paul, he's facing shipwreck. He's facing certain death. And it's not until God shows up that all of a sudden the whole situation changes. I believe these things are written for our example. And when you think about your stress, how do you start looking at your stress and you start realizing we live in first world stress problems? I mean... I'm like, no, I don't want to buy the house. I'm stressing out. I mean, seriously, Paul's like, I don't want to die. <laughs> but it's our stress. It's where we live. And I'm going to tell you this, God knows where you live, and he will help you in your stress. And I will tell you this, when I read the word of God and I realize this, that following Jesus doesn't mean you won't have stressful situations but it means that he's going to get you through your stressful situations. He's going to give you the peace that you need. He's going to help you through that. You're going to trust God. And I'm going to tell you this about stress. When you're in stress, when you're in that stressful moment, you start to worry. You start to worry. The anxiety builds. The stress starts to build. And what you do if you don't trust God is you offend him. You offend God. When you are under stress and you don't think that he can fix it, when you think you have to fix it, when you think he doesn't care, you start to offend God that you don't trust him. And a follower of Jesus Christ has to realize that if you trust him with your eternal life, if you believe that God sent his son to this earth to die on the cross, that he rose again from the dead, that he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding for you right now and he's God and you don't trust him in your stressful situation, your worry, your stress, your anxiety actually becomes sin. It becomes sin because God's like, I care for you. And you're like, I don't think you do. I'm gonna, I, I have to fix this. And, and you're worried. And God's like, stop that. You have to trust me. If you're going to please God, you have to have faith that he's got it under control. You've got to go to him when those things hit you and realize that he has it under control. Stress hits godly people. 
That's what I see from the word of God. Stress hits godly people, but he gets them through that. And God will get you through your stressful situation. So these two examples, one of the people we're going to look at, Elijah, he has a meltdown. And then the apostle Paul, he has a stand strong. It's interesting. So I'll look at a meltdown and a stand strong. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah has a meltdown. I mean, he has just called down fire on Mount Carmel. He has just destroyed the prophets of Baal. He has this huge victory. He has just done some physical feat that we don't know the full extent of it, but the Bible tells us that he ran down from the mountain and ran across the valley. I've seen the valley, okay? It's a big valley, and he exerts all this physical strength, runs across the the valley, gets in before the rain hits. He's called down fire, won this huge victory, and then the Bible tells us that Jezebel's like, I'm going to kill you. The queen's like, I am going to kill you for killing my prophets. You are a dead man. And Elijah just stresses out. God's man of faith and power calling down fire. And now he's stressing out and he can't even handle it. And the Bible tells us in in 1 Kings 19, um, in verse uh, 3, it says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness he came to a broom bush sat down under it and prayed that he might die i've had enough lord he said take my life meltdown from stress it's an interesting thing then he lays down and i'll point something out here as he lays down the bible says an angel appears to him and says get up get something to eat and he gets something to eat and then he goes back to sleep and the angel wakes him up again get up eat some more. And he eats up, eats more, and then he goes on this journey. And I want to tell you this, that I think one of the things we can do to help alleviate our stress that's on our small, small practical end is to get proper rest, to get a proper diet, proper exercise. Just make sure this physical body is, is in, in the right place to receive from God. The right place. How many know that when you're, when you're facing all these things and you're Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. I love that. Halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. How many know you're susceptible to all the stress that's there? And next thing you know, you're on the verge of making a stupid decision. And you're about to let stress derail you. And, and really, thank God that Elijah was by himself. You know, that God's like, all right, get over here. You're an embarrassment. You know, get over here. <laughs> all right, let's take care of this. Eat, sleep, eat, sleep. And I'm going to tell you, eat and sleep. Take care of the things that you can and then go to God. The next step is eat, sleep, pray. Remember that book, Eat, Pray, Love or something? Eat, eat, sleep, pray. That's your plan. Eat, sleep, take care of what you can and get to the spot where God can minister. So then God ministers to him, takes care of him. God brings him to another level. I'm telling you, uh, here's another thing that you can do that's very practical. Right after God brings him to this spot, he has a rushing wind, he has an earthquake, and then he whispers to him. And I think he was letting Elijah know, like, listen to my voice and not Jezebel's. You're going to get stressed out if you listen to Jezebel. Who's your Jezebel? Who's your Jezebel? Stop listening to that voice that says you're going to be destroyed. You're going to be defeated. It's never going to end well for you. Stop listening to that voice and listen to the whispers of God that say you're going to make it. I've got you. It's my battle is what God's saying. Like, by the way, I sent the fire. I'm taking care of you. So do the practical things. 
eat, sleep, pray, and then stop listening to the voice of Jezebel. God will get you through. So Elijah has a meltdown, but God still gets him through to the other side. The Apostle Paul, on the other hand, he has a stand strong. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 27 has a stand strong. There's a, he's going to Rome. He's appealed to Caesar. He's on his way to Rome. And he's telling them, like, hey, don't, don't go. It's bad weather. Like, we shouldn't go. And they said, no, it looks like it's good weather. We're going to go. So they go out and the storms start to hit. They throw all the cargo over. They're throwing anything over that's not necessary. And it looks like they're going to die. In Acts chapter 27, verse uh, 20, it says, Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. You talk about stress. They all are realizing, I think we're going to die. It's not like I want to die. They're like, I think we're going to die because it's so bad. The situation is so bad. And in the midst of this, God shows up. And I want to tell you this, right there is your secret for stress. If you're going to make it through your stressful situation, you do your part and look for God to show up. God shows up and he will show up for you. God will give you a peace. We'll get there in a minute. But God breaks in on Paul. And in verse 22, he says, and now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as he told me. I love this. In the midst of his stressful situation, God shows up. And I believe this. In the midst of your stressful situation, God will show up. You just got to slow down and let him speak to you. We're all looking for all the other answers. And he's like, slow down. Talk to me. I've got this. I'll take care of you. And I... I don't think Paul was a cheerleader, like, guys, we're going to make it. Come on. He's like, we're going to make it. I got a message. When you have God show up, you don't just have cheerleading. You're bringing a message. We're going to make it. There's a calm that settles on you. There's a calm that's there. And all of a sudden, it's like, God's got this. It's not our plan. It's his protection. God's got it. We're going to make it. And I, He said, I believe God. And so I want to ask you this. In your storm, do you believe God? Do you say, I believe God? Or is it, I, I believe in my resource? No, you got to get to where I believe in God. He said it was dark. It was gloomy. It was, they were battered. He said, we hadn't seen the sun for days. And I want to tell you this. When you have that kind of faith, faith has night vision. How many know what I'm talking about? Faith has night vision. It looks gloomy, but all of a sudden God shows up and in the midst of your stress, you're just like, I've got this. God's got this. We're going to make it. And the Bible tells us that they made it. They made it. Now, the first verse that I read, I want to go back to that one. That's, I want you to grab hold of this. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. Paul uses an absolute here. Be anxious for nothing. He does it on purpose. And then he says, but in everything. So be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He's saying, come on. Don't worry about 
anything, nothing, nothing, nothing. Let it go. Give it to God. Nothing. And trust him with everything. I can tell you, in the midst of like you're charging forward for God, how many know that all of a sudden the enemy will attack you? This week, I mean, I am in a stress series trying to preach on how God's going to get you through stress, me through stress, all of us through stress. This week, this happened to me. It hasn't happened in a long, like years and years and years, over 10 years. I walked into the church and I was walking through the warehouse. I kind of parked in a different spot and I was coming through the warehouse area. And as I was walking through the area, uh, warehouse area, all of a sudden I just was like, wow, this warehouse, all this stuff. All of a sudden I felt that just this, this church is way too big for you. You can't handle it. You, you, this is, there's too many people that depend on you. There's too many campuses. There's too many. And all of a sudden I was like, <gasps> how many know the air changes in that moment? You know, it kind of got cold. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a, a bad movie. Like all of a sudden I could like, I couldn't see my breath, but spiritually I could see my breath. You know what I'm talking about? And I was like, <gasps> and I was like, you're not good enough for this. You just, you don't, you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. And, and I was getting overwhelmed and really I, I could even feel my heart starting to race in that moment. And then I'm, I'm, I, I just was like, I'm not going to be anxious for anything. Everything goes to God right now. Everything goes to him. I was like, God, it's your church. It's your church. These are your bills. It's your staff. It's your church. They're your campuses. It's your, and, and it wasn't like I was like, you take them. And I wasn't like, kill me now, slam the fork. I wasn't like that. It was more like, I admit I have to bring this to you. It's yours. It's yours. And I can tell you, it was literally like the temperature rose up. And it, it, it just, the whole room changed. It, it was, it, it, I, the best I could tell, it was just, it was an amazing thing like the Bible tells us here. And it tells us there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I'm going to tell you two parts of that saying. Two parts. One part is this. It's a peace that, brings you above your circumstance, above your stress that you can't even explain to someone. How many know what I'm talking about? You cannot even explain it. You're like, you just got to, you have to experience it. And in the midst of your stress, in the midst of your struggle, you have peace, even though there's stress bearing down on you. It's, it's something that surpasses explanation. And you, you just are like, you just have to experience it. And God's children can experience his peace in that way. That's one side of what that means. But it also means this, when it says that God will give you the peace that passes or surpasses understanding. This is, this is an interesting thought. When, when Paul wrote that, he was saying this, there's a peace that God gives you that is beyond man's ability to make. You are not smart enough to bring the peace to your stressful situation. The ingredients that are needed are supernatural, and it's a peace that surpasses understanding. And when you're like, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try And Paul's like, you can't. You can't. The peace that he's bringing to you has ingredients that are born in heaven. The ingredients that are coming to you are supernatural. The smartest person on earth cannot bring peace to your stressful situation because what he wants to give you surpasses understanding. It's beyond human making. You can't make it. And so some of you just need to realize instead of like, look, last chance we go to God, first opportunity we go to God. He's got the ingredients that we need. 
He has the peace that passes all understanding. And so if you are facing a stressful situation in life, if something is causing the air in your life to go cold and, and is taking the oxygen out of the room, turn to God. It's a peace that you can't make. It's a peace you can't explain and you can't make it. It's beyond anything you can do. And the word that is used there is shalom. It's a wholeness. It's a goodness. It's a, it's a part of God that he places within you in the, in the midst of your stressful situation. So I want to pray for you here and at all of our campuses that God will put that shalom on you. God will give you a peace that you can't explain to other people, but he will give you a peace that is made with ingredients not of this world. So Lord, I just pray that right now in stressful situations. Some are facing job loss. Some are facing uh, family conflict. Some are facing uh, disease and things that are way beyond them. Some are facing financial shortfall. Lord, the list goes on and on. I'm sure that we'd raise our hand and say, that's me, that's me, that's me. But Lord, you give a peace that is beyond anything we could explain. And you give a peace that is beyond anything we could create. And so I pray right now for the peace that we can't create, that only you can create. It would flood our hearts and mind. It would stand guard over the situation. It would help us. It would help us. Lord, we commit to eating right, to sleeping, to exercising, to silencing the voice of Jezebel. But Lord, then we grab hold of you and we pray for a peace, not of this world. Give it to us, Lord Jesus. Give us the peace that is not of this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.